Disney's latest is charming and fun. Today I'm talking about Encanto. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I'm talking about Disney's latest release, which is Encanto, uh, which recently went from theaters to Disney Plus relatively quickly, which is a conversation for another day. I know a lot of people have feelings about it, and I completely understand. But uh, today I'm just talking about the movie itself, which I thought was delightful. So without further ado, let's get started. Almost every Disney adventure feels big. The stakes are usually life and death, and often with the fate of an entire kingdom, if not the world, in the balance. For kids' entertainment, this works really well, because it's easy to sell the danger and gives the filmmakers an excuse for larger-than-life set pieces. It's why Mulan faces off against an entire army by herself, or why Simba is saving all of the Pride Lands when he battles Scar. Admittedly, though, if you do that every time, it can lose its effectiveness. Which is why Encanto, a movie that basically occurs within a single location, stands out. The film follows Mirabel Madrigal, a teenage member of a magical family who lives in the Colombian mountains. While Mirabel has accepted her fate as the one without magic, she sees a series of signs that the house and the family magic, known as Encanto, is in danger, and begins searching for a way to save it. So, Encanto is a movie that, at least for me, works on multiple levels. On one level, it's another excellent blend of charm, humor, and music we've come to expect from the second Disney animation revival. The main idea this time is about the weight of expectations that can come from family leaders, in this case, Abuela, the family matriarch, which is universal whether you're a kid or an adult. And if you've ever felt like the oddball out in your seemingly perfect collection of family members, even better. What's nice is that Mirabelle's journey shows her that she's not the only one who feels this way. Her strong-as-hell sister feels weak, and her perfect sister hates that everyone expects her to be quote-unquote perfect. This is also exemplified by how the family ostracized the creepy brother Bruno. And all of this is peppered with just enough physical comedy and big songs as transformative and character-revealing moments penned by Lin-Manuel Miranda to keep things relatively light. On another level, it's always great to see another section of the world represented on screen via design and music. And this may not seem like a big deal, but I love that their madrigals and their town feature so much variation in skin tone, hair, and body type. For instance, in almost every other movie, Mirabelle would not be the lead character. Her perfect sister would be. And even recent movies like In the Heights were critiqued for not portraying darker-skinned Latino people. Not the case here. Which brings me to the thing that fascinated me the most about it. How this movie seemingly comments on Disney movies before it. First off, this entire movie takes place in or around the family home, and that in and of itself is something different. More often than not, Disney movies are globe-trekking adventures of literal and metaphorical discovery wrapped into one. Our characters are trying to figure out who they are and go through an adventure that reveals their character to themselves and those around them. Admittedly, Encanto cheats a little bit by making each magical person's room more expansive than it appears from the outside, which is an excellent metaphor for how foreign and personal someone's space is. But 
because the problem Mirabelle needs to solve is inside the house, this works really well. Likewise, Mirabelle is both a chosen one and not at the same time. She's chosen because her uncle's prophecy puts her at the center of the family's sustained success or fall, but she's also not because she's not magical. In a family of chosen people, Mirabelle wasn't. And that applies to her character design as well. She's got glasses, frizzy and curly hair, and normal proportions. She's literally in the middle of her princess-esque sister and her buff heroic sister. That would be enough. However, there's one more detail that I really liked. Mirabelle doesn't have a traditional character arc. She might improve relationships, but in terms of who she is from the start to the end of the film, she's a straight line. She is trying her best to help her family because she loves them and wants to be accepted. But as YouTuber Sage Hyden points out, the key to this kind of character isn't that they don't grow, it's how they affect everyone around them. And that's what makes Mirabelle special. She forces everyone to open up, grow, or realize their mistakes simply by asking questions or pushing the issue. In essence, she's not wrong to feel the way she feels, which is a great message, especially for a modern kids movie. Tell them their feelings are valid and that they should be treated with respect and love regardless of who they are. I love it. And in essence, that's why I love this movie. Full of energy and heart, Encanto is an excellent is an excellent entry into the Disney canon. 8 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.